This is Passion for Your Passions, a podcast where we work together up to the last second to share our interests with you. I'm Krista. And I'm Julie. Today, we're talking about The Great British Baking Show. So not to date our recording, but the first episode of the new Dexter series came out. Did you watch it? I did watch it. Did you watch it? (laughs) Does that surprise you? Did you watch it? I did. Okay. So we're going to have a Dexter Dexter talk? (laughs) Oh man, do we we want to talk about that? Are you hopeful? Optimistic? (sighs) I mean, we talked about this a little bit in the writing episode. How much it hurt you? (laughs) That was one of the worst endings I ever experienced. Ever. At all. They're trying to make up for it. I just, I don't know if I can be made up. That's my only fear. But my husband wanted to watch it. I really didn't. I was like, I actively don't want to watch this. Because that ending, like, I think, I don't remember if I said this in the writing episode or not. It made me, like, feel sick, like, afterwards. Like, I felt terrible for, like, two days afterwards. I don't know why it had that big of an effect on me. But for some reason, it was, like, such a slap in the face. It was so, like... This was the complete wrong ending. There was one guy who told me that he liked that ending, and it was like, no. It's like when someone said, I thought Thor 2 was a good Excuse me? No, your opinion no longer matters. Disregard everything you said to this point. Now, I will say, the first episode wasn't the worst. It was... A little bit weird. I'm not going to say it was, like, perfect. I I think, like, the thing that I didn't quite like... I don't like some of the things that they did, but I liked the setting probably more than I thought I would. Like, I think if they had... I don't know. How much of this do I want to spoil? I'm not really sure. It's only episode one. Yeah. Okay. So, fine. Dexter starts killing people really quick. And I think that was the part that I didn't like about it. Because I liked the setting and I kind of liked the things that they were setting up with that. But then he just like kind of starts killing again really quickly. And it was like, I wish you would have waited like one more episode before you started killing again. (laughs) I guess the point of this season is to kind of like, the reason why we haven't talked about him in 10 years because he ain't fucking done anything. So now he's going to do something. And like, it was expected, I think. And so they just like steered into the curve of like, you know he's gonna kill people. <laughs> That's the whole show, so. I did like the setting a lot more than I thought I would. I don't know why. It's weird. Because we live in the land of the corn. But also, we come, we both come from, like, a rather small town. Uh, and I don't really have very strong feelings about living in a small town. But then it's weird. I really tend to like stuff that takes place in a small town, which is very bizarre. I don't know why that is, because I live in a small town, and I don't really like it very much. I think it's because you like characters, and in a small town you have, like, more time to spend on people. It's not like, you know, so many people in and out, you don't really care about anybody. It's like everyone cares about everyone in a small town, and so you get to learn about them through everybody. Yeah. So it's like that feeling of just knowing characters and liking them. And you also get all the quirks and the little tiny uh, store that sells random crap and sells like three things. And yeah. then, you know, the random uh, bar that sells like three things. That everyone goes to after their shift. That doesn't really happen, I don't think. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it kind of like, some of it does. Like there are people from like our high school that frequent at a bar. None of these people are people we would enjoy the company of, so... Like the one that asked, the ones who asked you all about your hooker problems. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Had a lot lot to say about that. Just FYI, in case people are curious about this, this was because uh, during Nick Cage, Julie was posting a lot of quotes and she was posting them without reference and one of them had to do with a hooker and people on Facebook were very concerned. Yeah. Some people weren't concerned. People were ready to bury a body for me, so that's nice to know. I did, I don't remember what movie it was, but I did post, like, a Nicolas Cage quote recently, and a few people were concerned. 
I had to be like, it's a fucking movie. <laughs> what was the quote? I don't even remember. Hold on. You're having a hard time. How in Zeus's butthole did you get out? <laughs> That's how he says it. He's just like really calm. He goes, so how in Zeus's butthole did you get out last time? <laughs> like he gets like really animated. And I posted it and people were like asking me a bunch of stuff. I'm like, go away. <laughs> like it's a quote. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't know why everybody gets so concerned about you. I don't like, know. that's our first reaction. Like, it's just, there's, like, so many other people would just post this stuff and, like, not even care. This isn't a meme. Is this a call for help, Julie? Like, no. <laughs> it's basically a meme from me. <laughs> Without a picture. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was because Sean Connery passed away, which I'm super sad about. Though also he like died peacefully at age ninety, I feel like that's fine. Uh, in his Bahama like beach house or whatever. So I watched The Rock because I was like, I gotta watch a Nicolas Cage movie today. It's got both of them in it. <laughs> let's let's go. And it's my favorite Nicolas Cage movie. And it still is so far. Fair of the good ones, I'll say. <laughs> it's my favorite good one. <laughs> Fair. My favorite okay. bad one still rage right now. I still fucking love rage. Though, not to extend this cold opener anymore. Uh, I watched, obviously, like, a dozen Nicolas Cage movies since our last recording. My favorite bad one otherwise is, um, Willy's Wonderland. Nicolas Cage doesn't say one word. He doesn't say a single word through this whole movie. And it's great. <laughs> it's essentially Five Nights at Freddy's. Except for Nicolas Cage's in God mode. <laughs> and the whole movie is, like, they set him up to, like, clean this haunted animatronic, like, playset thing. And they're like, we'll come get you in the morning, like, and we'll pay for your car and stuff. And he just nods and goes in. And so one of the animatrons tries to kill him, and he just destroys it. Just absolutely destroys it. Doesn't say a word. And then he keeps cleaning. <laughs> And that's, like, the whole thing with him. He cleans, plays pinball, murders animatronics, and drinks punch. And that is all he does <laughs> through this whole movie. Wearing why? Because like it's great. Why does this movie exist? <laughs> it's so good, that's why. And then there's, like, a group of teenagers that, like, want to destroy it. And they're really serious. And, like, the one girl's like, there's a guy in there. We have to get him out. Like, I'm not going to burn this place down while there's a guy in it. And he just, like, all the teenagers get murdered by the, like, animatrons. And then Nick Cage just, like, fucks them all up <laughs> over time. And then he leaves with his car all, like, super cool cat. And the last living teenager's like, I guess you're my dad now. And just leaves with him. <laughs> so great. <laughs> not one word. <laughs> Why does he also they, not talk? She even asks. She's like, do you not fucking talk? Are you stupid? And he just picks her up and puts her down, like... Not now, child. Like, he doesn't say a single word. I guess they couldn't afford it, and it's great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, well, this is a good way for us <laughs> to start talking about our topic, I guess. Because <laughs> there's no natural segue from that. <laughs> How so, do you... Where do you go from there? <laughs> we're talking about Great British Bake Off. That's what we decided, because in one of the last episodes, we had a very 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 long rant so we figured we should probably extend this rant into a whole episode hello bakers welcome back to the tent it's time for your technical challenge and today it's been set for you by the lovely prue so our quarter final technical challenge is sussex pond pudding a particular favorite of mine actually this is not the prettiest pudding in the world but it's sort of surprising because there's a whole lemon inside how in the name of Zeus's butthole! On your marks, get set, bake! Right. So for all of you that didn't listen to that episode and don't, or live under a rock, because I think it's like the most popular cooking show by now, um, other than maybe like Iron Chef, but Great British Baking Show is a baking show based in Britain, if you didn't pick all that up. Um... I will tell, I think I mentioned it on another episode, but just a quick, like, little fun fact. The reason why it's called Baking Show in America is because the term Bake Off is owned by Pillsbury, and 
they couldn't use that name when they tra- like transferred it over to the American station. That's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, because I got confused by that when I was trying to watch like seasons we didn't have and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's why Pillsbury's why. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a very good show, and I mean, okay, that's a weird thing to just say about it up front, but it's very wholesome. And I think, like, one of the other things I'll mention about it is it's very relatable in a way. Because, you know, you watch some baking shows or cooking shows or whatever kind of shows. And especially Americanized ones, they have this tendency of feeling impossible. Like, you'll watch people bake things, you'll watch people cook things, and it's like, I could not make that on my life. Like, if you gave me the recipe, I could physically not cook this. Um... But with Great British Bake Off, like, it pretty much always feels doable. Like, yeah, there's a couple people who, yeah, they have, like, fantastic whatever things and it's cool. But, like, you look at it and it's not, like, so over the top that it makes you feel like, no, no, no. (laughs) No, no, no. How'd they do this? What wizardry is this? Well, the other part of it is they really humanize the contestants. While a lot of American competitions, it's kind of like they're trying to prove that they're inhuman. Like, they're perfect and have all this. Or they're uncharacteristically annoyingly quirky like there's no other way around they do one or the other they're either like i have all these tattoos and i'm super deep and dark but i love this vanilla cream like it's like okay (laughs) pass move along or they're just hyper competitive while in great british bake-off you start to like the people like they're relatable they struggle they talk about their struggles they're like okay don't panic don't panic just open the door and look at your dessert like it's okay like they they're very humanized and i really appreciate that because that's something we're moving more towards in current TV, but it's been something that's been lacking for quite a while. So it's really nice. Yeah. So, in general, why do we care about this show so much? Besides all the reasons, I guess, we just mentioned. <laughs> I still love that your segues are, let me remind you that I'm segueing here, and this is how, instead of just segueing. <laughs> like, you just make it so complicated. <laughs> Segway. Segway. Uh, so I... Love this show because it's essentially why I bake now. And it's kind of, I kind of talked about it in my baking episode that probably nobody listened to, but... Feels like a lifetime ago. I know. I think that was, like, back in March. Um, So, I mean, like, I've cooked and baked and I've made cheesecakes and stuff, but, like, you know, I knew how to bake, but that was about it. I didn't really care much beyond that. And with this show, I just kept seeing things I wanted to do and being like, can I do that, though? Or seeing things I wanted to taste and be like, can I do that, though? And then I, you know, like four, five years later, I'm everyone's cake maker and shit. <laughs> That's just how it goes. So. Do you, do you ever make a Chelsea bun? <laughs> You've asked me this before. I've made them before. I don't, like, on a whim just decide to make Chelsea buns now. I want one. Okay. I mean, you don't have to make me one. I just, I won't. You know, every time I watch it, I'm like, man. For your birthday, I ask you what you want, and you never fucking say a Chelsea bun. So that's on you. (laughs) I have to remember. (laughs) You're always like, yeah, strawberry's fine. Instead of, I do like a fucking Chelsea bun. I like strawberry stuff. That's one of my things. But yeah, I've. Lately, I just really want a Chelsea bun. And I know that it's just going to taste like a weird cinnamon roll. I know this. But I just want to eat it. Experience I it. can't. I can't get it out of my head. Every time they bake it on Great British Bake Off, I want it. No, um, but for my, <laughs> but anyway, trying, trying to stick my. You're, I'm gonna stick my. Yeah, you're good. Well, you also you shut me out from being able to talk about it. So I was like, well, am I gonna talk about this or am I gonna move on? But I had a couple things. So I Krista, to say. you love this show, do you not? What would you say? Is so grand about such a show as this. <laughs> Why, it is beautiful from head to toe. <laughs> no. I love cooking shows. That's kind of what I wanted to put out there. I can't explain why because I'm not really that good of a cook or much of a cook. I can cook. Like, I can cook well enough. Like, if you give me a recipe, I can do it. I, I wouldn't say I could cook anything complicated or bake anything complicated. It's just not really something I'm great at, to be honest. And... But I like to watch all this stuff. Like, I, I've i watched Chopped, like, quite a lot of Chopped. I've watched, like, a lot of MasterChef. I watched a whole bunch of Cake Boss, which is kind of a weird one, because that's, like, super not relevant anymore. But I did watch a lot of it. And I just like it. I like to watch people cook. 
and I think like when I first started watching Great British Bake Off it was probably like around 2016 something like that and I think it was because I watch a fair amount of YouTube and on YouTube people just kept recommending this show like they were like dude you gotta watch this show it's like the chillest show you've ever seen and it's great and it's wonderful and I don't know I guess enough people were just talking about it that I was like okay I gotta watch this and I watched it and I was like yeah I get it. <laughs> this show is really chill, and I do like this. <laughs> and then I just kept watching. So. Is that your grand? <laughs> that do, I've do, watched do, do, do. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like cooking shows, which I don't even know is that controversial of an opinion. I just... No. I just don't know why I care. Is Since really you don't thing. particularly, like, cook or bake. I mean, I do sometimes. It's just not, like, an all-the-time thing for me. Like, I cook basically when I want to and I bake basically when I want to but it's not like I'm sitting here every single week like oh yeah I gotta make this super awesome thing because it'll make me feel good about myself or whatever like it's just like whatever if I want to make ramen I'll make ramen but like it's not like I'm not gonna make ramen every week for three months until I make the perfect ramen. Like, I'm just not that kind of person. That's not me. I am all those things, so it's kind of funny. I'm like, are you attacking me right now? You're just like, I'm not the kind of person like, I want to make that make feel good about myself. I do that. And you're like, I'm not the kind of person who's going to make ramen every day for three weeks so they get the perfect ramen. I literally spent months doing this. <laughs> why are you attacking me right now? <laughs> I just want you to feel bad. No, I, I think it's cool that people do. I just, I don't know why I'm not... I think it's probably because growing up, like, my mom didn't cook very much. So it's, like, not really something I think about doing. I mean, I do cook, like, on a daily basis. It's just, like, I'm not cooking complicated things when I'm cooking. I will cook complicated things generally when I want to. (laughs) Well, the thing about cooking shows is it's a common thing for people to like even when they don't cook. And... When you break it down, there are all different kinds of cooking shows, but for whatever reason that you like them. But they're the comedy type ones that I fucking hate. Like, nailed it. Nailed it can suck my nads. But like, <laughs> I just hate that show. And then there's the ones that are like high stakes competition that like get your heart racing. It's kind of like a sport where people are like, who's going to get it this time? Like, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And then there's the heartfelt ones that are like, here's my kitchen. I'm Italian. I love Italian food. Let's let's go over that. It's so neat and clean, like every kitchen in the world. And that just gives you, like, that feeling of, like, yes, the world is good because you're able to do this. Like, I couldn't, but I'm glad you're here. And the idea of that you could be better and you could be one of those people that does these things yeah. with them. But then, like, the competition shows tend to be where I go because my cooking and baking levels are higher than most people. And so then, like... I want to watch Zumbo's Great Just Desserts because it's like top tier patissier nonsense. It's like not tangible for the average person. And then the reason why Great British Baking Show or Bake Off is so good for everybody and everybody loves it is because like you said, like, I think I could do that. Like a lot of the stuff they do, you'd be like, yeah, maybe I could do that. And then you love the people. So then you also get that homey feeling from those other shows where you're like, oh, I know this person, I know their kitchen. And then you get the competition aspect because you've got the judges, you've got, like, the people high stakes against each other, and there is occasionally... I can only really think of one season that's, like, really prevalent. There's, like, a drama with the competition and stuff like that. So it kind of wraps it all into one. And then there's the occasional, like, crazy bake that you can't manage. Like, that lion bread thing. Like, what the fuck even is that? Like, who who would do this thing? Like... <laughs> So I think the reason why this show is so popular is because all these aspects of cooking shows, it gets a little bit of all of them. Like, it can capture any audience that would like anything to do with cooking. And another thing that I'll mention, which does kind of go on what you're saying, that I don't think we've mentioned so far, is that these people are specifically home bakers. Which I think is something that isn't done as much in America. Like, I think typically when you're watching American cooking shows or competition shows, they tend to be, like, professional bakers. Or every once in a while, they'll be like, oh, yeah, they're a home baker. But it's, like, kind of looked down upon, Yeah, and they get kicked early. (laughs) They rarely make it very far. But these ones, like, they are specifically all home bakers. Every single time, all the time. 
Um, and that definitely makes it in a way feel more relatable. Like, like I was saying in that way of like, yeah, I could do that. I could bake that, you know, if I just had the recipe and time and this and that, because, you know, they feel like they're real people. And one of the things too, that I even love about it is the diversity of people. And I know that that maybe sounds kind of strange, but like, there is really a lot of diversity on there. And even in like the way of, you know, like you'll get like people you might expect, like kind of older grandma type characters or like a gay guy who loves baking or something like that. But then you will also get a lot of characters on there where it'll be like just the architect who <laughs> yeah, like, bakes because he misses his mom. Or like chemists or like just kind of older, funny men. Like, I think the men are the ones that always crack me up. Because, like, you know, especially in America, you always kind of expect uh, people to bake who are women or gay guys. Like, that kind of stuff. But so it's, it's always kind of funny to me, like, to see, like, straight, older guys who are bakers. Like, it just, I don't know, there's something about it where I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, hey. it's just not really something you see as much in America. Especially just, when they're younger. Like, when they're older, you're kind of like, well, I guess if they had to learn from their mom or whatever. When they're younger, you're like, that's a card. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) It's always great. Yeah, the diversity of that cast is really great. Um, But now that we've kind of, like, gone over what's so great about the Great British Bake Off, I guess we'll get into the, the real meat of the matter, which is what started the rant from before. Like. What what don't we like about this show? What would we change if we were in charge? Yeah, so I was thinking about this a little bit. I mean, you know, obviously we talked about this. And, you know, some of these things that we could reiterate. I think if I'm going to talk about this, I think I maybe it would almost kind of be better to, like, not talk about it as though it were Great British Bake Off. Like, if it's like, okay, if I was making my own baking show... But we'll use the mold of Great British Bake Off. What would I change about it? And I think there is the whole thing about the technical. Where I really kind of don't like the technical. There's aspects that I like about the technical. But I just, I don't like it sometimes when they're like, bake this really bizarre, super weird thing. The thing with the lemon where you have to steam the whole lemon into the pudding thing. And like none of them could do it. Like none of them did it right. That, I don't know. To me, that just kind of almost feels unfair. And I don't, I don't really like that. That's kind of something in general, like in competitions where it's like, I don't really want to watch people do something like they have no chance of doing. So, I mean, maybe if they had technicals set up in a way, like, I think they've been talking on this latest season how sometimes they'll do, like, classes and stuff. Like, they'll kind of do some things together. So maybe if they did something like that, where it was like, hey, like, you know, we're going to have you learn, like, how to make the perfect custard and, like, you know, like, some basic classes or something. Like, I'm sure that a lot of them have done stuff like this. Like, I'm not saying it in a way, like, oh, you know, learn the basics because you're stupid. But, like, learn the basics because, like, hey, like, we're going to teach you, like, literally how you should make a custard step by step. What is the perfect way to do this? And then, you know, maybe in that next week, it's like you apply that to something. That's definitely the way I would kind of take it because, so you get the first opening, like, hey, here's a vague dessert. Put your flavors in it and your spin on it. Like, okay, cool. And you have, you know, a whole week to prepare for that idea. The second one should incorporate an element, like, from that. Like, it's something you would have learned by applying it to this first dessert, whatever it is. So if you're making, like, eclairs, that's a custard, that's a puff pastry. And then the technical can be a specific dessert that uses one or the other of that. And then makes it, like, more complicated or makes it to where, like, you have to know how that dough works because you just worked with it. Here's a different incident where you don't, you're not prepared for it. Like, it's just, here it is. That, or they should take something that is inherently flawed. Tell them, like, here's a recipe. Figure out a better way to do this. And then whoever has the best version of that wins. Like, whatever. They could be as creative or not as creative as possible. If they want to make it 
what it is, but just do technically, like, better. Like, if it has, like, that lemon, like, that lemon thing could have been the perfect, like, make this edible. Like, make this something people would want to make and eat. Like, because it's not this. <laughs> like, let's be square. Like, it ain't this thing. <laughs> so, yeah. I think it'd be a lot better if they did either improve upon a recipe or, yeah, like, hey, last week we had you do all this shit. Do you remember? Can you do it? And apply those skills to a different recipe that you didn't get to practice. And that'd be a lot better way to be like, yeah, they're a great baker. Instead of, what's this random thing you've never heard of? Try it with this vague recipe in a finite amount of time. Like, just... Yeah, because I mean, here's my thing. I don't know what it's like to be a professional baker or like, you know, a professional cook or this and that. I assume... That they don't know how to just make all of this off the top of their head constantly. I mean, yeah, I'm sure some of the things they do enough all the time, whatever, they probably do. But, like, I'm sure there's stuff they have to look up. I'm sure there's stuff that slips their mind, even if they've done it a fair... I mean, they can't... Like, they cannot be making all of the foods that are possible to make all of the time. Like, I'm a chemist, and, like, I have to look things up sometimes. Like, I'm just gonna put that out there. I'm sure there are people who are really smart. I'm sure that it happens. But, like, it just, to me, technicals sometimes just seem unfair. Because it's like, look, like, unless you've made this before, or unless for some reason you know how to do it, like, you don't have a chance. Like, because there's times, and, like, they'll talk about this, like, at times that they're doing technicals. Like, it's like you have to stir it a certain way. And it's like, okay, you know, maybe if you're familiar with that kind of dough, which again, if you never heard of this thing before ever at all, how would you be familiar with that type of dough? Like, you might have an idea, maybe, depending on what, like, the general recipe is. But, like, if you're not, like, it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna stir it the way I think is appropriate based on things I've done before. And then if it's wrong, it's like, well, yeah, you messed that up. And it's like, okay, is that fair? I don't... Well, see, this is why I like the improving recipe idea, because I think they got this from something that I do as someone who bakes all the time. I will think of a recipe, be like, ah, I wonder if someone's done that, and, like, look it up. I will correct every single fucking recipe I read. I never follow a recipe. I always have adjustments, and I think that's the idea behind it, is that you read it, and knowing what you're trying to capture, you will change the technique. But the problem with the technicals is, yeah, there's just stuff that's like, I've never even heard of this. How am I, how am I supposed to know what it's supposed to be? Like, mm -hmm. if I look up a tiramisu cheesecake to see if someone made it. Oh, the crust, they want me to do this, that, and this. Okay, so I think they're trying to go for this texture that wouldn't work with this, and I don't like that flavor, so I'm going to change it to make it do this, because I think that'd be a better flavor. That works, if you know what you're trying to capture. <laughs> so they should either, one, like... They could have Prue or Paul make it, have them taste it, and then try to make it. Like, that would be a much better... They could see it, they could taste it. Okay, there's your recipe, go make it. That would be a lot smarter if they wanted to keep with the stupid crazy shit. <laughs> or like I said, just improve upon something. Like, what are you trying to do here? Use your skills, apply them, and expand and make something better. It could even be, like, Paul's old recipes, like, I already fixed this. I want to see what you would do to fix it. Like, they'd have so much material for that. <laughs> yeah, I think even just, like, showing them and having them eat it would be a good one. Because, like, just so at least you could even, like, see, like, what is it supposed to... Because, like, for some of them, like, they'll talk about that. They're like, I have no idea, like, what this is, or you know, and they have, like, all the instructions and, you know, they work their way through it and this and that, but... You know, sometimes they do fine, and that's good and, you know, cool on them. But there are plenty of times where it's like, all of them will fail the technical, essentially. And they're like, okay, well, you're the best, but, like, you didn't, nobody did this right. <laughs> and it's well, Zumo's Just Desserts does the tasting thing. So how that's formatted is, he gives you a concept, you create a dessert based on the concept. Two weakest people go into the challenge mode, and they reveal Zumbo's creation so if he was in the competition this is what he would have made and then they get to taste it and then have to recreate it and he gives them a vague recipe and a time limit 
So that's kind of like if they applied that idea to the technical, they make a lot more sense. And like these people, they're technically home bakers. <laughs> I say that loosely. Um, they technically don't have like a company or anything. Like they're not super professional. But I mean, they still get within marginal range, like a seven out of ten of this. It's usually just messy. Like they just don't finite the details. But I mean, it tastes like it's supposed to. Most of the layers are there. So yeah, I think if they either let them see and taste it or, like I said, just fix a recipe, it would accomplish the same means. Yeah. Or even, too, I do kind of think that that, like, almost like a class would be a good idea. Like, something along the lines of, like, you know, here is, like, literally how we think you make the perfect custard. And then, you know, in that technical, maybe you have to do something with custard. And it's like, how well did you actually learn how to do that? Mm-hmm. Did it come across well? And then, you know, if you didn't learn how to do it, then yeah, that does kind of say something on you rather than it being like, no, I've just never made this before. I didn't even in know my- what it was. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm supposed to. I don't know how I was supposed to fold in the eggs. <laughs> how should I know I had to steam it at 100 degrees forever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that is that is always the one that cracks me up is like when they're making stuff that's like a cookie or like a cake type of thing. And so, like, the question always becomes, like, how am I supposed to stir this? Because there there are differences in that. You know, if you're, like, supposed to whip it or if you're supposed to, like, gently fold it in or, like, you know, get heat in or if you're supposed to not get heat in and all that kind of stuff. And, like, you'll see, like, about half of them will be like, am I supposed to do it this way? Yeah, just, like, or this around. way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, like, it's like, I don't know. Like, they don't know what it is. So, like, how would you guess? Like, I mean, like I said... There's probably certain ones of them where you could guess, like, based on what it is or, like, how structurally sound it needs to be, things like that. But a lot of times it's like, how would you guess? You don't know what it it's is. It's a rainbow bagel. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could be the opposite just because it is a rainbow bagel. I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, and I would say, like, probably one of the other things that I don't like I don't always like how they pick their people when they come to who they're going to send home, who they're not going to send home. I I don't like that sometimes if they have two people, you know, they're both at like 50%, let's say. And the other person is typically like at 100%. Like they do great. They knock it out of the park every single time. But this time they did 50%. And then they'll send home the that person rather than sending home just the overall weaker baker. That always irritates me, too. I I kind of, like, I get the reasoning behind why they do that. And I think some of it has to do with, like, the home baking theme. Like, it's, like, it's not really supposed to be so serious. But also, at the same time, it just annoys the heck out of me. Because I want to see people bake who are good. Like, I'm not interested in people who are struggling. Yeah. And, like, are just going to keep struggling, you know? Like, they're clearly not going to get any better. Like, I just, I don't, I don't care. Like, I mean, it's fine maybe a little bit at the beginning, but especially once you get to the end, it's like, no. You shouldn't even be here anymore. Yeah. yeah like, I just, I don't want to watch you bake anymore. I just, you're not going to make it to the end. I know you're not going to. Yeah. It's kind of like the survivor thing where they pick the person that everyone hates because they know when they bring them to the end, they, they're not going to win. <laughs> same idea i there has to be some other elements at play that make them make those decisions and i think from a media standpoint that's what they are sometimes they just pick the cooler cat like i don't (laughs) it doesn't make sense to me half the time there's i think it's every other season there's just always one person i just don't like like i don't think they should be there after a certain certain point and they keep kicking people i like to save this person and this person's always in the bottom too it's like they're not doing anything to redeem themselves like the, I'm going to keep bringing it up, but Zumbo's Just Desserts, like season one, uh, there's one person who's in the bottom, like, almost every time, but she always, like, gets a higher score on the technical part, and that's the only aspect of this, is like, are you one of the bottom two? Then you go in this challenge mode. Who got the higher score out of this challenge mode? And that's it. There's no other overhanging, like, decision. And at the very last episode, then they look back. And decide, and then you also both have to do the challenge mode. This one character, she was, or character, this one competitor was always in the bottom every week. 
But it ended up, she ended up winning because, like, she was practiced in that horrible, like, challenge mode. And the person who, like, she was up against only went there once. And so it was, like, one of these just, like, that makes sense, though. Like, she practiced. Like, she was always in that fucking, like, challenge mode. And so I think Zumo's Just Desserts does everything right. Is <laughs> I guess what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the thing. You, like... Those of you that love Great British Bake Off but have these same complaints we do, Zumbo's Just Desserts is where it's at, yo. Um, yeah, it's what we said in the previous episode. You either always need to look back or, like, never do or wait until the last episode. They can't do this wishy-washy, oh, but they've grown. It's like, that's just you code for you like them. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, that's not the point. As a person who is competitive, that's not the point. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, I mean, even for me, which I'm not particularly competitive, I would say that I just, I want to watch people who are doing well. Like, that, to me, is the point. Like, the point is not to watch somebody who's struggling continue to struggle. It's that's also, my life, yo. I don't yeah, that. that's my life. <laughs> I'm just always struggling. Just always struggling. I don't need Paul Hollywood to, <laughs> I don't to need come and sell me. Sterling Silver Eyes and Charming, like, like no. I'm always struggling. Um, you may have been so trained of thought. <laughs> now I'm thinking no, about Paul really Hollywood. you're really struggling. <laughs> he has that effect on people. No, I mean, it might make sense if they applied some kind of, like, point system that could be something that they could try to do but man it's like there really are just some times where it's like you really just should not have picked that person like I don't know why you picked that person it's just so irritating yeah it's always that one person I just hate I'm like why are you still here (laughs) get rid of them because I usually don't I mean every now and again I'll dislike someone that's good just because I'm like you're so annoying but rarely do I just like good people. It's always the people I'm like, why are you still here? I shouldn't be seeing your stupid face anymore. You should be gone. <laughs> yeah, but then every once in a while, some of my least favorites make it to the finals, which is always very annoying to me because I'm like, oh, you gotta vote for somebody else. I hope someone else wins. You better not win. <laughs> yeah, because I know that there was there was this one season where the girl was like a fitness girl. And was she the one that got brought back on one of the later, like, reunion seasons? No. Don't know. It's possible, but I don't remember. But she was, like, on the same season as that one Indian guy who was, like, very sad, but then he ended up winning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, man, like, she just really frustrated. There was something about her that just like, frustrated me the whole time. I think it was, like, the way that she talked was, like, a little bit mean. I was like, man, like, I just really don't feel like you're in spirit with the the show. Well, then the other thing is, too, is, like, you know, I always say this. You you know, when you have a cook, they need to be a little bit fat. That's just a rule. I don't... Excuse me. (laughs) I don't like my cooks super skinny. (laughs) I had this talk with someone, because she was, like... Uh, never trust a skinny cook. And I was just like, okay, you're either calling me fat or a bad cook. Either way, I'm pissed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so, what are we doing? <laughs> Which pissed am Which I? Which pissed am I right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, like, the fitness bakers, I'm like... I hate it when they come in and they're like, I don't really like sugar, so I use all these substitutes. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, it's cool if you do that for your grandma. I don't care otherwise, though. Like, don't come into a fucking competition with that mentality. You will not win. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the other thing is, too, is I always get, like, hooked on the, like, Baker dads, and they never win. Yeah. Baker dads never win. It's, like, always, like, the architects or sometimes the grandmas or... The youngest one. Yeah. The youngest like... one who's, like, in school and, like, up and coming. Yeah, it's super into it, so he's probably yeah. just baking constantly. Yeah. That kind of <laughs> stuff, but... Oh. Yeah, so the, the last... <laughs> I was like, wait, where were we? Well, the last thing that I would change, which this is... This, for me, is kind of like if we were doing something that wasn't Great British Bake Off, because I don't necessarily want to complain about Great British Bake Off particularly. It's got its flaws, but it does its thing. I get it. The one part of it that I've always been kind of 
confused about is, so I get Paul Hollywood and Peru or Mary Berry, whatever. They don't really bother me. Oh, but <laughs> the two comedic hosts, it is a little weird. I, I like Noel. Um, I liked the two girls back when they had the original one. That was fun. I don't really remember their names now. Um, and I did like Sandy when she was there for a while. But, like, it's just, it's odd. Like, it's very, I don't know if this is just kind of, like, more because it's British or what it is. But, like, this is just not the kind of thing you would see in an American show. Because, like, it's weird. You have these two people who are specifically professionals. They know what they're talking about. All that kind of stuff. And they're a little bit funny. But then you have these two people, they don't know anything about baking at all. That's like entirely the point. And they're just there to be funny. But they're then, emotional support. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's also like, it's weird because there's two of them. I guess like I could understand it if there was one. I'm not quite sure I understand why there's two. It was always like, they're just the, the emotional support, more or less. And like, Zumbo's show, they have... um. The two judges, they have Zumbo and, like, his companion. And then they have just, like, a girl who just yells at people. But, like, she knows how to bake as well. <laughs> so, no, I don't understand why they're not somewhat adjacent to culinary. I do not get why they're usually comedians or just entertainers, per se. Uh, I get their role, though. They're just the emotional support because no one wants to see the baker have a complete breakdown. Like, they're the ones that, like, keep an eye out and go and talk to them. But with this newer host, we both forgot his name, apparently. <laughs> That's with Noel. I don't like that with him, they've now added skits, like, to the beginning. His name is Matt Lucas. Matt Lucas. So now that Matt's there, like, I don't like the skits. They're just too much. I'm like, this isn't your fucking show. Like, that's what I want to say. I'm just like, <laughs> this isn't SNL. Fuck off. Like, it's a baking show. I'd rather them be more British and just show, like, the scenery like they used to. They used to show, like the trees and they talk over it all gentle like a british show and it's like they're trying to make some comedy skit thing in the beginning and i fucking hate it <laughs> yeah i mean have you watched the most reasons season or i started not? it they've done a better job in this one than they did to the previous one they had a couple like at the beginning they always have skits at the beginning though um but like he's not as intense as he was in the last season. Like, in the last season, he was kind of unbearable, to be honest. Like, his humor just did not mesh very well with, like, what had been presented in the other ones. Like, Sandy did a good job. Like, hers meshed and all that. But I love Noel. I've always loved that comedian, though. <laughs> yeah. Noel is pretty good. Yeah. But I think, like, they've gotten him to tone down. Because, <laughs> like, it's a lot more, like, honestly, his jokes are more like the way Noel is. And maybe, like, they don't always hit the same way. Because I, I do like Noel. And so, like, I like his jokes and things. But, like, I would say it's, like, more in that style when he tells a joke. And so it's, like, it's not as intense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, But just for me personally, like, if I was going to make, like, my own show, like I said, using Great British Bake Off as a mold, I don't know if I would have two comedians. Maybe one would be fine. But, like, having two... I just think having two comedians is just... It's a weird level of complexity to me where it's like, why though? Like I could understand, like you said, with the emotional support thing, I could understand having one, but it, like, cause I think like Paul Hollywood and even like Prue are kind of funny. So it's like, they obviously want it to be funny overall, but I'm like, why are there so many comedians and they don't know how to bake? Like, it's just, yeah, I think it's weird. <laughs> they should have like another baker and a comedian. I understand why they don't let Prue and Paul, because they're intimidating. Like, it doesn't... Even though they aren't, like, they're nice people, and people aren't, like, they're gonna kill me. Like, they're still your judges. And if you're, like, watching them look at your stuff, you're gonna get anxiety. Like, that's just part of it. So I understand why they have separate people, and why they're not specifically the judges. But, yeah, too comedian... Too much. Like, there, there's... If you're not doing a skit, why do you have so many? There should be, like, one comedian, entertainer, person... And the other one should actually know how to bake. <laughs> yeah. And then be able to, like, when they're having a meltdown or something, be like, hey. <laughs> and just, like, whisper, like, you should do this. So I didn't say anything. Or, like, that would help in the technical. Like, when everyone's struggling, they could just be like, man, I know it takes two hours to steam a lemon. I don't know why I'm saying this. Like, just, like, they could be funny. <laughs> yeah. But also just know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> That's another way to fix the technical. 
<laughs> just have or, like a presence that's like or the other the emotional support which is like I'm gonna help you scoop your hot brownie off the floor yeah. <laughs> And we'll cry later. It's okay. We'll cry. But like, you know what the perfect degrees is for 20 minutes? Would be 415. I don't know why I just feel that in my heart right now. Like, I just want them to, like, talk out loud to the comedian about this. To, like, give pointers to the group. <laughs> yeah, it's just... That has been one that's just always been weird to me. But I will say, one thing that I do really like about the show... Uh, that I would have in my fake Great British Bake Off show would be uh, Paul Hollywood just being randomly in the background, like, staring off into yeah. the distance. <laughs> yeah. That's like, pretty great. they're not talking about, he's not part of the scene. Like, nothing is happening at Paul. He's just back there. <laughs> yeah, he plays sitting. it well. He's great. <laughs> just sitting and looking very uncomfortable <laughs> while something in the foreground is going on that does not involve him. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> I do miss Mary Berry sometimes. I like Prue a lot, but I miss Mary Berry. <laughs> yeah, I hope that she's doing well. Yeah, she old. So it's yeah. always kind of like, she okay? Like yeah, with but- Maggie Smith, you're like, I assume they're okay because I'd hear if they weren't. But they're like really old. <laughs> but I hope you're okay. I hope you're okay. <laughs> no, I liked Mary Berry. I mean, I did like a lot about the original format. I understand why it changed. Although it is kind of weird that, like, pretty much just Paul Hollywood stayed. Really, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, I do like Prue. Prue's kind of funny. I think I like her more now than I did when she was first there. She's kind of, like, grown into yeah. it. And it makes more sense now. Because when she was first there, she kind of didn't really add a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was probably because she was uncomfortable. So she didn't she didn't talk very much. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the Paul Hollywood show and the Prue's <laughs> and just kind of like, here. But support. I support. But I will say, in, like, the recent season, I think they were talking about how she's, like, 80. I think that's what they said. I'm like, man, you look good for 80. Yeah, she looks more like she's 50. Yeah. Like, so. Damn lady. I don't know. Keep eat some cakes. That, keep eating that lemon pie thing. <laughs> you know, that weird lemon pudding thing. That was always. <sighs> I'm never going to get over that. <laughs> no. Apparently not. Steam a whole lemon and then just eat it. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. She said it was good, but I'm like, you old though. <laughs> like, man, I can't imagine that this tastes like more than dish soap, but okay. It's like when old people give you cherry candy and you're like, this tastes like cough medicine. They're like, this is what candy used to be. It's like, it's not anymore. We've progressed. What do you want me to do? Go back to the I depression? I want this. <laughs> like, no one wants this. I mean, yeah, maybe if I was eating kale for a month, like, it would be nothing delicious. else. <laughs> okay so for this story time this is going to kind of be a dual story time to an extent because what i want to talk about today is i want to talk about injuries during theater both mentally and physically so one of these stories does involve Julie. <laughs> we were both in, so <laughs> we were both involved in this. And this is what is typically dubbed for us as the worst day ever. <sighs> I I don't even remember what musical or play this was. Was this for a Christmas carol? It would have had to have been. No, it was like between. We were doing it for like one of the stage plays. Okay. We were cleaning up for the musical, I think. So this must have been Jeez, I can't remember the name of that play because I didn't like it very much. It was a weird one. Because at the place where we went to school, we mainly did comedies. But every once in a while, we would do a serious play. And this was a serious play. But, like, it wasn't very good, to be honest. It was, like, a mystery or something. But the mystery was kind of stupid. And I just I just remember not liking that play. But anyway, for whatever reason... It was decided upon Julie and I, as freshmen, that we had to put up lights. And I don't remember how many we had to do. For some reason, I don't remember it being a lot. Like, maybe it was, like, one or two or something? It was one on each side. Okay. Of the stairway. So, two. But it was, like, the most stressful thing we've ever had to do. And that is... It sounds like I'm being dramatic, but I would say that this these lights were somewhere in the, like, 50-pound 
maybe a little bit more than that range. Like they're big, like it probably like, you know, like this, the size of your stomach and the full weight of like metal and, you know, light equipment and all that kind of stuff. And so essentially what we had to do, I can't, did we have to take a light down first and then put yeah. one up? So we okay. had to like, we had to take it down, get it adjusted and then go bring it back up. And this is on a stairway. So we're on a ladder on a stairway. So it's not even <laughs> holding a 50 pound light that's worth more money than we've ever spent in our lifetime. And we have to one arm because we have to steady the fucking ladder. <laughs> one arm adjust it like, and throw it up while yeah. not trying to kill the other one. And it's like flippy too you had to like put it in a certain way so like it wasn't like straightforward to put it on there you had to like hold it it was on a clamp and you had to like adjust <laughs> the clamp and like tweak it and move it with your one hand <laughs> yeah so it was like really heavy you had to put it in a specific position and then like twist it or screw something in or whatever to get it on there and like you didn't even feel confident about it once it was there because like it didn't feel like it should stay so you'd like put it on there and you're like I hope I did this right. Somebody <laughs> trusted me with this. Like, hope it doesn't fall on show night and kill someone's grandma. Like, because yeah. it's not, it was high up. Like, it wasn't like, you know, oh, we had to get a ladder because we're short. No, it was like high up in the fucking stage room. Yeah, like 10 feet, something like that. Yeah. Like high enough that we had to use a ladder for mm -hmm. sure. Like, not a tall, a tall guy could not have done this. Like, yeah. you have we to had to go to the top of a ladder while the other one held it. Was like, are you okay? <laughs> Please don't kill me. <laughs> Please don't drop the light on me. I can't catch or avoid. <laughs> if you throw this on me, I'm just gonna die. <laughs> I'm just gonna get knocked out and be gone. <laughs> he will have to call nine. And then your ladder will fall, and then you will die on top of me. <laughs> that our teacher is fine with that yeah. <laughs> which apparently he was yeah no one wanted to do this for obvious reasons but i don't still don't understand why they would ever trust anyone to do that i don't know why they trusted us to do we're the most this. ridiculous pair of people <laughs> and still it was because like we said we had to do it twice at least twice i i think it was just twice oh, it was just so true like both times like i think we did it the first time and it was just like do I want to do this again? <laughs> tap out. Yeah. Like, that was so frightening. And then it was like, well, we said that we were, so we might as well just do we it. Have to do it. Well, I think we talked ourselves into it because we're like, we're never doing this again. This is our one. Like, if anyone asks us, be like, no, I did that already. <laughs> not doing it again you know and the weird thing was is i don't think anybody ever did ask no me to do it again. i don't think anyone ever did it again like <laughs> i think they just wait for some patsies like every five years or so to like be ignorant enough to do it for them <laughs> and they just compensate the rest of the time well so that was the first one and luckily that was only a mental injury a <laughs> mental scarring the other one that i want to talk about is where we did our theater, we did actually build our sets. I think we've talked about this slightly before. Like, we built the Seussical set, and, you know, we built uh, Beauty and the Beast set. And, you know, it was this always this kind of cool thing that we did. We'd build it by hand, be able to make it, you know, whatever we wanted it to look like, this and that. I mean, I won't say it was, like, super good. Like, you know, we... The triangles were interesting, but other than that. <laughs> we, you know, were 14 to 18-year-olds with some adults. Yeah. Part of what was difficult, though, about this was, one, putting it up, especially when it was something... We would build these things over and over and over and over again. And so after a while, they would get worn down. The nails would... Or the screws wouldn't work as well. You know, this and that. So that became hard. Uh, just even, like, screwing things in became difficult. But then there was also putting it away. And one time... <laughs> This is probably, like, one of the worst injuries I've gotten, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but basically, we had taken apart a set, and so we were putting away, like, these four by eight sections of wood, and that was how we would make our set. And so it's having somebody help me, and what we would typically try to do was, like, to push them together and then, like, lean them against something. So whoever was helping me, 
I had it there and I don't think I was like fully prepared. So they pushed it against the wall and then I slammed my finger in between like the palette and the wall. And basically my finger from my knuckle to the tip of my finger turned purple. Like, and it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> like <a> horrible <laughs> purple. And then the other thing too that was really weird about it is it was hot. Like, I remember that. Like, it was like, this is not good. Something, <laughs> something is wrong. <laughs> I didn't go to the hospital or anything, so I don't know what that says about me. I'm turning. <laughs> I think it still moved, which was part of the reason why I was like, okay, I just gave myself a really weird bruise. But whew, that was, that was really painful. <laughs> well, if you learned anything from my stories, we don't go to the hospital. <laughs> Are you dying? No? Move on. <laughs> well, except for the time I cut myself with a pizza knife. Yeah. But I think that that was just because they were afraid that I wasn't going to be able to use my hand anymore. But I still can use my hand, so it's fine. Everything's even, fine, people. Even after I smashed my finger and turned it purple, I still did theater. Although, to be fair, I think that show was one of the last ones I did. <laughs> so, I don't know if it's correlative, but... <laughs> it might be. It's a thing that happened. I was like, you know what? This is, uh, this is how I'm gonna end this. You know what? Purple finger out. <laughs> so, my whole point with this story is theater is dangerous. Theater will hurt you. <laughs> one way or another. Emotionally or physically. physically. Look, like, if you gotta change a light... Just I say no. Just don't do it. Or don't have 14-year-olds do it because it's traumatic. 14-year-old girls whose combined weight was like 200 pounds. Okay, like this yeah. is... <laughs> this is not. And they were heavy. They were heavy. <laughs> scary. Like over half our goddamn weight. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about it like that. I'm like, how much did we even weigh back then? Yeah. Like, that's like more than half our weight. We're bouncing on a fucking ladder. <laughs> I know. That's why I was saying if we dropped these stupid things, we would have killed each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why they let us do that. Oh my gosh. Our school. And it's so funny. Like some of the things like our school wouldn't let us do. And then some of the things that they would. It's just, it's mind boggling. Like, I always thought it was so funny because our one musical teacher, like, he wouldn't let us do Grease because he's like, Grease is too horny. And which is fair. It is probably too horny. But then, like, there was all these other shows he wouldn't let us do for, like, similar reasons. And then it's like, but then you let me pick up this light and go put it up, like, ten feet from the ground. And it weighs about half of me. My friend's down there just <laughs> barely holding on to this ladder. <laughs> and I could kill her and you're fine with that but you're worried about horniness <laughs> i mean if that's not the american school system i don't know what is <laughs> and to be death fair, or possible horniness <laughs> to be fair greece is not that horny no like it's kind of horny okay like look i'm not like gonna Babette. say it's not babette's hornier yeah and i was babette you were babette <laughs> There are, okay, there are some moments in Grace for sure. Like, a girl gets knocked up, like, but, like... We all know. <laughs> yeah. It's not a secret. There's pregnant girls in our school. We can have her play it! What a way. Yeah, what a way. I got to be the pregnant girl in the play because I was pregnant. Yeah, like, I got the part, Mom. Because <laughs> I'm going to be a mom. <laughs> Okay, guys. Well, we kind of fucked up, but <laughs> here we are ready to end this episode because our last little section is uh, the future. We'll get better at segues in <laughs> I, next year. I guess. 2022. Maybe. Why we'll... would you jinx us like that? <laughs> Maybe we'll buy a segway. Seg... No. <laughs> <laughs> Segways are supposed to be natural. That's why when you focus on them, they get bad. <laughs> Yeah, just like in real life when you're actually on a Segway. It's supposed to be natural. That's not how I naturally move. <laughs> Except for the guy who what? invented the Segway <laughs> rode it off a cliff and died. <laughs> I didn't know that! That's great! Yeah. He, was, he was trying to to show how responsive the stopping was. <laughs> oh, no. And he rode it off a cliff and he died. Can you imagine being the people in that crowd? <laughs> like you're watching, you're like, I'm never gonna I have to return my segue. Like, I just watched the inventor of the segue die in front of 
like those like 30 to 40 people are probably scarred for life that's a beautiful story though i'll show you it's stopping power right now fuck <laughs> like what are his thoughts as he's going down he's probably like, regretting every single life choice like, he ever had I mean, you know you're probably gonna die so like i just want to understand where his thoughts would be like they'd probably be on the segue would he be trying to fix it on his way down? Like, he seems like that confident kind of guy. He's like, okay, I know exactly what went wrong. It was a... <laughs> like, out. <laughs> That's not done. I'm pretty sure it would just be like, oh, fuck. Well, like, I'm trying to think of all my near-death experiences and what, like, my last thoughts are and stuff. They're usually pretty aggressive and problem-solving, so I feel like as an inventor, he'd be the same way. Like, I'm trying to, like, fix the problem even though it's already happened. Like, that's where I'm at mentally. So that's why I'm like, is he in the same boat? Like, would it be like, oh, I know what happened. <laughs> this is going so we're just not going to talk about Great British Bake Off. That's how we're going to end this. It's just talking about the same like... Okay. Last so to part... segue real quick. Uh... Last part of Great British Bake Off. Okay. <laughs> My prediction. I want Giuseppe to win. I just, now I just want Giuseppe to win because it's an adventure time. There's like a character called Giuseppe and it's like the weirdest episode. <laughs> okay. I'm for Giuseppe now. I don't even remember which one that is. I'm still so early that like everyone's the same kind of. He's like kind of older. Like I would say he's probably in his 40s, and he's got grayish, curly hair, and he's Italian. Oh, I didn't know Giuseppe. I like Giuseppe. Yeah, he's probably my He's favorite. your dad guy. Yeah, like, you... He's not gonna win, is he? He's doing really well, actually. So, I yeah. mean, there's him, and there's also, like, the German guy. His name's Jürgen. He's doing pretty... I'm, I kind of, right now, I'm feeling both of them. There's also, like, a girl who's doing okay, but I don't know if she's doing, like, well enough at this point that I think that she's gonna win. But, you never know. She's kind of, like, mid-pack for me right now. But Giuseppe's... Giuseppe's. <laughs> That's well, who I predict who's gonna win. So with we'll our next see. episode, we'll have to say, like, Giuseppe! <laughs> but we can't give anything away, I guess. So it's kind of hard. Well, we'll see what... By the time this comes out, it might be over. Well, yeah, but we still don't want to ruin it for anybody that's, like, behind. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll try to give you signals of like, so Giuseppe's, um, <laughs> did a good job. Did it, <laughs> he was great and all, you know, at the thing. <laughs> Time to get baked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different message, different message. <laughs> We're too goody two shoes. We don't really associate those messages properly. Because <laughs> we don't do anything fun, apparently. We don't do anything. That happens to me all the time. I'll just say something and people look at me and I'm like, oh, right, that's what you hoodlums refer to as this. I'm I'm basically 80 years old. I don't, that's not how I think of it. <laughs> that's what you hoodlums refer to as the weed leaf. Yeah, the weed The Mary Jane, as it were. <laughs> the weed leaf day. <laughs> that green Japanese maple thing. Like It always looks like a Japanese maple to me for a half a second. I'm like. Nope, weed. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got maple leaf? Oh, All right, weed. weed. <laughs> I'm in a lot of groups that apparently have a lot of, like, stoners, and so they'll post, like, their bongs all the time, and I'm like, that's such beautiful glasswork. Oh, right. <laughs> it's a bong. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'm impressed, but... I, like, I think it's a cup for half a second. I'm like, oh, sorry, it's a bong. <laughs> I'm an old lady. <laughs> this was Passion for Your Passions with Julie and Krista, where we talked about the Great British Bake Off. Hold on! It's a song. I can't think of it. <laughs> I think it's by Foreigner. <laughs> or if it's not trademarked, Great British Bake Off. Bake off. Can you say that five times fast? So, like, that seems like great, a hard and great British great, bake off. Bake off. No, 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 Can't. It's a tongue twister now. <laughs> well, I ended up baking something last night, and they were beautiful. Look at them.
What is it? They're Brock's, the German, like, stuffed rolls. What's inside? Beef and cabbage. Because I don't know how long this section's going to last. Not long! Like, do you have a lot to say? <laughs> okay. Whoops. Yeah, essentially, as soon as I went, like, I just wanted to get a good segue because I was teasing you so bad. I'm like, here's a perfect segue. And I went, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have done the story time. I was like, but we're already here. <laughs> the segue was too good. Let's just get going. It'll be a short end, I guess. <laughs> Dad? Nothing. <laughs> no, no. You asked me a personal question once, and it made me, like, have an existential crisis, so that was cool. Um, we're never doing that again. <laughs> okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> no personal question. No, he asked me a personal question. I literally stopped and was like, excuse me? Like, you've never in your life asked me a personal question. Where did that come from? What did mom do to you? Because <laughs> like, it seems like a mom fishing thing. I almost want to ask the personal question, but then I don't, because, you know. Would you ever want to have kids? <laughs> what, father? <laughs> <laughs> You've never even asked what my favorite color was. Like, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> it's periwinkle blue, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you want to know. Father. Father. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I literally stopped. We were, like, working. I literally stopped and was like... What? <laughs> I was just talking because you usually don't listen to me. Like, what? Why what? is it? Why is it that every other episode is the funny one? <laughs> why is? Why is it that by every other episode we don't care anymore and it's stupid? Because <laughs> we're compensating. Like we can't be balanced. Okay, we just have contrast. <laughs> That's all we are. And it's because we're like, oh, we did this really quick. What can we talk about? Let's let our minds wander. <laughs> Segway. And then we always, and then in the later half of our episodes lately, we've been getting into controversies. The outros. There, look at that, that horrible noise that I made. <laughs> Why? Well, I'm, I'm editing it. No! <laughs> Looks like bat waves. We can get a confetti cannon. What? what? That sound bad. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like that would be for us and not the audience. And Krista is taking out a confetti can. Like, and she's <laughs> launching it at my face right now. I'm, I'm very scared and very injured. Yeah. I'm in pain. Can I just get like a soundboard and just like do do? Like just do a stupid shout out. Sure. You can get a soundboard. <laughs> do do do. <laughs> I'll just record all the noises I make on a day-to-day basis and just play them instead of making them. <laughs>